Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And it's Christmas season, so we're telling Christmas stories. In 1975, the Christmas store was founded and has been giving out presents to those in need ever since. Jonathan Maddox of the Oxford Ole Miss Rotary Club is co-chairman of the Christmas store, and he's here to share this beautiful annual event that happens right here in our small, beautiful town of Oxford, Mississippi, about an hour south of Memphis. Here's Jonathan. The Christmas Store is a community-based volunteer organization that gives toys to 
children in our community who otherwise might not have anything for Christmas. In 2007, when the Rotary Club of Oxford Ole Miss was forming and looking for a signature project, the Christmas store seemed like a good place for us to plug in and volunteer. I joined the Rotary Club because I wanted to be able to make a difference. And so when this project was brought to the club's attention, everyone really thought this was a great chance for us to really give back to those in our community. Little did we know at the time that we would be taking over the Christmas store. And for the past 14 years, we have been the stewards of this annual event. For years before our involvement in the Christmas store, People would shop throughout the year and just amass a big pile of toys, and it truly was a store. And families were invited to come in and select a couple of toys for each of their children. When we became involved in the store, it became apparent that there was always that certain toy that they could never have enough of. It would be the one that they would set out, and everyone would want to grab that one first, and anyone who came later maybe didn't have the opportunity to get that thing for that year. So we said, why not just buy the toys that the people want in the first place. And that led to a whole new way of handling the Christmas store. We put out an application around the beginning of October where we actually provide a wish list and ask families to choose a couple of gifts from that list. And we go out and actually purchase the things that are on their list. So they know they really are getting the things that their children want. So when we started to kind of think through how we would go about purchasing specific gifts for specific children. In some years when we have as many as 800 children on the list, it was a pretty daunting task. So although the Rotary Club is the stewards of the event, it really is the community who makes it happen. We have, in most years, 75 to 100 volunteers who participate throughout the entire planning season, shopping, helping families navigate through our event, wrap presents, handout books, and and other ways to make that day special. It's quite a huge undertaking and a huge volume of toys to manage. Preparations begin in September, and so it is amazing how many people are a part of making this happen. I see parents who bring their children out shopping and navigating through the aisle and trying to find a certain thing, and children really getting involved and trying to pick out what they think would be the best choice between the dolls or the puzzles or whatever, and really actively engaging and wanting to make sure that somebody else gets a great gift is fun to be able to experience. I have a 13-year-old son, and we've been doing this for 14 years, so he's never known Christmas where his dad wasn't doing the Christmas store in those months leading up to that. And it really is an opportunity to families work together for parents to bring their children along and really show them the importance of helping others and the importance of giving. That the Christmas season isn't always about what you want to put on your Christmas wish list, but how you can help other people. The energy on our distribution day is so high. We typically have music playing in the background and there's lots of laughing and carrying on. Volunteers are all lined up and often wearing elf hats and other costumes and things like that sort of make the day a lot of fun. And the families that come through really bring a lot of energy with them. There's such appreciation and such gratitude. It really does just amp up the the feeling that everyone has. There is something about the Christmas season that brings out that true want to help other people. And it's amazing how many people are willing to give their time. 
There are people who reach out to us early in the fall and say, when is it time to sign up for the Christmas store? Because I want to be involved with that project again this year. Those people come back to us every year and we see that list of our faithful participants grow and grow. Because this event has been around for so long, I think it really does have a special place in the community. I meet people all the time who say, when I was younger, you know, my grandmother was a part of the Christmas store and it was one of her favorite things to do every year. And I am so excited that now I'm able to be a part of it. We've even had people who have been participants in the Christmas store before ask how they can become a volunteer in the next year because they want to pay it forward and, and help other families the same way. One year, Kind of midway through the store, a gentleman walks through the door and he says to the people who are at the front counter, who's in charge here? So I saw what was going on. I scurried over to the table and, you know, and I said, that's me. How can I help you? He said, well, I need to talk to you when this is over. So I hooked him up with the volunteers who helped him find the toys that had been selected for his family and the other things that were available and waited for him at the end. And when we got To the end, he pulled me out into the hallway. And I was really expecting that he was about to just give me some kind of complaint about the process or about how he had been treated. And instead, he teared up and said that he didn't know what he was going to do and how important this was for him and how meaningful it was going to be to his children. For so many people who come through the line and gather the toys, it in some ways, you know, can be a very humbling experience. But For most of them, there is such gratitude and such well-wishing for us. It's such a mutual experience of gratitude and appreciation and really love just being a part of a community together. I think a lot of people are looking for a way that they can do something meaningful and they want to help someone else, but they don't always know how to do it. And so being able to coordinate this program every year and give that opportunity is, for me, one of the most rewarding parts about it because... There's no better way to start your Christmas season than helping someone else. And a great job on the storytelling and production by Madison. And a special thanks to Jonathan Maddox of the Oxford Ole Miss Rotary Club. This is just another example of the generosity of the people of this great country. And that's what we do here on this show. America is the star of the show. In this Christmas season, celebrating the generosity of the American people here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we continue with our American stories. And up next, Mike Levin, who was the president and chief operating officer of Las Vegas Sands and an all-around hotel superstar, one of the great hoteliers of all time. More important, a personal friend and a wise man and wisdom, my goodness, in short supply these days. And he transfers his wisdom through story. A Jewish guy who loves storytelling like almost nobody else. Take it away, Mike. 
What I learned about the franchise business really started at Dave's Inn and has really made an amazing impact on me. But you have to understand that my culture of customer orientation was really exacerbated by the franchise business. Because what happens in franchising is you put people in business for themselves, but not by themselves. And the interesting thing about it is it multiplies the entrepreneurial spirit of a free capitalistic type of system. But because many smaller people, small people in terms of financial capability, don't have the funds to be able to be in business for themselves at a larger scale, what franchising does is allow them to do that because the franchise provides them the ability to finance their growth. So they're playing off the name of the big franchisor while being in business for themselves. So it really fits America perfectly. Now it's international, but it was basically American. It's basically, if you look at the franchise model in Asia, the franchise model in Europe, it usually was a large company buying somebody's brand. But in America, it was small people, individual people doing it. So you had doctors and accountants and lawyers and, and small people buying franchises and even individuals buying Subway franchises where they're really making the sub sandwiches themselves. It puts them in for themselves, but not by themselves. So the whole concept is very American in its nature. But the reality is when I first got into the franchise business, and when I learned from my Americana days in the franchise business where I wasn't treated very well by the franchisor, that there was a lot of angst, a lot of aggravation going on. And that when I got to Days In, what I learned that if you can treat the franchisee as your customer, they, they would just grow their businesses for you. And so you, they don't, you don't have to use your capital to grow their businesses. They use their capital and their energy to grow and you take the money off the top, which has very high margin of profitability for you because the incremental nature of an extra franchise doesn't require that much cost. But you have to be honest and forthright with the money you're taking in for marketing and things like that. So it really was an absolutely perfect situation for me because it met all of my instincts in terms of the customer relationship. And consequently, when I got to Days In, I learned that not only could you sell lots of franchises, but the ability to keep your franchisee happily built in enormous growth opportunities for you because they just wanted more. And if you treated them well, if you built relationships with key franchisees, then they, ran, they grew your business for you. You didn't have to grow it. All you had to do was to do it right from the franchisor perspective. And there are many abuses in franchising because franchisors get greedy and they start ordering people. They build bureaucracies and they order franchisees to do things that they can't afford. They put financial stress on them without thinking about them. And when I finally had my own company, I did a franchise agreement that actually represented those values to its nth degree, where I had clauses like you couldn't do uh, a renovation or add an extra cost without two-thirds of a vote of the franchise community. You, you couldn't do encroachment that I gave them area protections with every franchise I sold so you couldn't encroach on their capability. So I built a franchise agreement that everybody agreed was the best in the business from the customer perspective. The end user is the customer of the franchisee. They are your customer, the franchisee. The franchisee is gonna help make you successful 
by being successful themselves and you have to reciprocate by helping them to be successful. So Days In opened up my eyes to a whole different world of franchising. What happens when you start a business, you spend a tremendous amount of time making sure your customers are happy. Because if they're not happy, you're out of business. As the business grows and you build more corporate overhead and more bureaucracies, everybody wants to be, manage the business. And so they forget sometimes who the customer is. And, and you who started the business with your first customer, you're very close. When you have 50 customers, you're very close. When you have 500 customers, you don't know the last 400. Who, who does know them? Your corporate bureaucrats know them. It's no different than the U.S. government. When the U.S. government was small in 1782 or whatever it was, everybody knew, everybody knew who their congressman was. Everybody knew who everybody was. Now you've got, you know, 3,000 people in the FDA. You've got, you know, this kind of, so they, don't, they don't know who's their customers. When the FDA says, well, I think you should close the schools, who are their customers? Their customers are not the drug companies. Their customers, their end user is the United States citizen. Are they thinking about them? Well, they think they are, but some bureaucrats making a decision that's going to make a decision that may not be right for their customers. So at the end of the day, I think the best example you might be able to find about government and bureaucracy in general is the bigger your bureaucracy, the further away you're going to get from the customer. And so they don't understand. You know, I had a situation in Holiday Inn where the uh, marketing director, there's a guy named Ray Lewis at the time, wanted to clean up the company because we had some old and tired hotels. And he was, anytime somebody would fail an exam, he'd want to throw them out so he could get a new hotel built. Well, the reality is the people who were building the new hotels were the same people that he was throwing out, of course, if you look at it that way. So we had a situation where we had a hotel at O'Hare Airport and they were having trouble with their quality levels because it was getting older and they couldn't get any money, they didn't have any money. So uh, the marketing guy said, well, we should throw them out. It was a half a million dollar royalty a year, plus a customer who had many other holiday inns. And uh, they called me because they heard he was gonna get thrown out. And I said, I said, well, why can't you get this fixed up? He said, we can't get the money. I need six months to finance it. I said, okay, I'll give you another six months. Then the six months came, he didn't have it yet. He said, I need another 30 days. If the marketing guy was knocking on my door to knock him out, I said, let's wait. 30 days later, they had the money. They, they rehabbed the hotel. Hotel then paid a half a million dollars of royalty plus for the rest of the term, and it helped them. So after that, you know, they were in the system. And so that's, that's what you have to think about. And so, but the further away you are, the, the ease of it is that you forget the customers. And you see it all the time in every business. I had a situation here where my insurance was being held by a company in Atlanta, my home insurance for here and Atlanta, for Florida and Atlanta. And I don't hear from the guy every year, the price goes up and everything. Finally, I got an, an advertisement for insurance here from a competitive insurance broker. So I called up and I said, can you give me a quote? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, I said when can you come over? He said, well, when do you need me? I said, well, are you available Sunday morning? Oh, yeah. Guy shows up in my office Sunday morning, makes me a proposal, better than the one in Atlanta that I never heard from. Same quality of insurance, same everything. He got the business. 
you know, even this, even look, we have bureaucracy here in the St. Andrews Club in in in, uh, in Florida. You know, uh, here this morning I get a note. I own a condominium in Atlanta, and I get a note from the board that they're cutting down trees. They got permission from Atlanta to cut down trees. I also get a note from a resident saying, "Why are you doing that? Why didn't you tell us in advance?" Who's the customer? Who's the who's the board's customer in the condominium? The owner. The other owners. Why wouldn't you communicate and say, by the way, we're talking about cutting that. Do you have any opinion? No. And you've been listening to Mike Levin tell the story of, well, of life. And you can go to Our American Stories and click Mike Levin and get so much wisdom through storytelling. By the way, this American invention franchising, 20% of all American businesses are franchises. And this cuts from hotels to cleaning services oil changes, restaurants, gyms, plumbing, extermination, car repairs. And from this system, franchising has created tremendous wealth, tremendous job opportunities, and a tremendous tax base. The story of so much, a wise man, Mike Levin, all here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash OAS. 
BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash O-A-S. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. And we're back with Our American Stories. And up next, you're going to hear from Rick Dunlap. He'd never dreamed that his creative writing would be featured on the biggest Christmas movie channel around. Until, of course, it was. My name is Rick Dunlap, and I am the author behind Hallmark's Christmas Under the Stars. I am also on the maintenance crew at a Chicago suburban high school. We are charged with taking care of the grounds, uh, anything that needs repairing inside the building from lights to plumbing to flooring, whatever the case may be, that's what we're there to take care of. I think from a very early age, I was really destined to be a writer. We lived in Chicago Heights, Illinois, and the neighborhood that we lived in, there weren't a lot of children there. I had my younger sister, she was a year younger than me. Other than that, I had to create my friends and things for us to do. So I think writing was really just a natural progression for me. Um, Like most authors, I always had that real active imagination and I liked writing little stories and, and pictures to go along with them. It wasn't until April of 1991 when I got into recovery. My life had had pretty much fallen apart at that time, and, and I was faced with this decision of either moving on with life or basically just giving up. And thankfully, I chose recovery. I chose to keep moving forward. What I had to do was really get down to what was causing me to drink, what was behind my drinking. The easiest way for me to do that was through writing. So I began to write different pieces in first person, third person, but I would separate myself. I would not be the main character in whatever I was writing. And I would put these characters through things, what they were feeling, what they were going through, and how they came out at the other end. And that's what really helped me to get down into the sludge and and the grime 
that I needed to get to in order to clean myself out. Christmas Under the Stars is based on my novel, The Christmas Tree Lot. And that story is based on a real Christmas tree lot in Richland Park, Illinois. So I would pass this Christmas tree lot going to the train and in the evening coming home from the train. It was the one thing that always excited me about the approaching holiday season. I would go by in the morning and there's this old, just beat up trailer sitting in a lot. And then I would come home in the afternoon and now the tent is up. And then the following morning I would go to work and, and maybe they would have some of the snow fence up around it or some of the decorations. Come home that afternoon and now the trees are there and they're all in the ground and the netting. And then over the next few days, all that netting would be cut, the trees would be put up, the lights would be turned on. And it was just this fantastic, very quaint little Christmas tree lot. So for years, I, I wanted to write a story about this Christmas tree lot. But I didn't quite know what I wanted to write. So I started creating characters and these scenarios and, and they were just bad. One was just as worse as the other. I create my characters pretty much out of nothing. But sometimes a character comes to me like a real person who already exists and has been waiting for us to meet. And that character is Clem. And he was this old man who ran the Christmas tree lot. And the more I began to know this character, and the more I began to know his background and his story, all of a sudden the story itself and the tree lot itself became dimensional. They, this wasn't just something on the page. And then other characters came along, and the next thing I know, I've got myself a story. Once the novel was complete, it, it was time to get it out there into the world. So I started searching for an agent, and that is a daunting task at best, to just go through lists of agents and, and try to find those ones that you think you can connect with. And I did. I'm very blessed to work with a great agent. Her name is Christina Hogabry. She was able to get the Christmas tree lot in front of Hallmark. And Hallmark was interested. Uh, they contacted her and they said, how would you feel about this being a movie? She contacted me and asked me the same question. And I'm like, absolutely. I was just floored that, that this could potentially be a movie. Christmas Under the Stars is about a young man, Nick Beckwith, who's pretty full of himself. And he pulls a couple very unscrupulous moves at the firm that he works for, loses his job. As he's trying to piece his life back together, he meets Clem Marshall, who owns and runs the Christmas tree lot. Clem convinces him to come and work for him at the lot, to go ahead and band up the trees and tie them to people's cars. Nick meets Julie. They get to know each other, and in true Hallmark fashion, they fall in love. And it all began right there at the Christmas tree lot. What started next was contracts were coming in, agreements. Um, there were a few things of that, just more legal matters, really. But when it all became real for me was when I saw the first production photos. 
Uh, there was Clark Peters as Clem. There was Jesse Metcalf and Autumn Reeser as Nick and Julie. These were characters that I had created and now they're real people and, and there's the trailer and there is, there's the lot. So that's when it really became real for me. The word got out and I was interviewed by a small local paper. There were radio interviews. Eventually the Today Show came to the school and they filmed this wonderful piece for their show right there in the hallway. One day I was working with the guys in the gym and we're sitting up for this big basketball game and this call goes over the radio for me to come to the office. When I get there I was handed a post-it note with a name and a phone number and then written at the very bottom of the post-it was People Magazine. And I, I just stared at this piece of paper thinking this has just gone beyond anything that I could ever imagine. Um, what I did is I, I put the paper in my pocket. I'm still on the clock. I have work to do. Uh, the guys are waiting for me. We have things that we need to accomplish by the end of the day. We have a game in a few hours. That's how I was able to keep things in perspective. Yes, People Magazine is waiting to hear from me, but they're gonna have to wait until I'm done working. And you've been listening to Rick Dunlap tell his story, a maintenance crew worker in a Chicago area high school who did what maintenance workers do, working on the grounds, the lights, the plumbing, whatever needed to be done. But he was writing on the side to work out what he said was the sludge and grime of his life. He'd been recovering from alcoholism and now trying to figure out why he drank and how he could proceed with his life. As he put it, I needed to move on or give up and writing became that way of moving on. When we come back, more of this remarkable story of the man who never dreamed that his creative writing would appear on the biggest Christmas channel around. The story of Rick Dunlap continues here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. And we're back with Our American Stories and the story of Rick Dunlap, a Chicago-area maintenance man whose novel was turned into a Hallmark Christmas movie. When we last left off, Rick was setting up for a high school basketball game with his fellow maintenance men when he was notified that People magazine wanted an interview, an interview that Rick decided could wait until his work was done. Back to Rick for the rest of his story. Once the movie was finished and it was ready to come out, Hallmark held this premier event in Los Angeles. And and this was a red carpet affair at a place called The Grove. They flew me out to Los Angeles. And I have to say that the folks at Hallmark were all just outstanding people. They were friendly, upbeat. They were just a pleasure to be around. And at this event, I'm standing there and I'm watching all of these movie stars in Hallmark movies walk the red carpet and there's like 20 photographers taking pictures. Um, there's producers, there's directors, all of these people walking the carpet and I'm standing there just taking all of this in. And then this guy turns to me and he says, okay, it's your turn. And I said, well, no, you know, I'm just here. You know, I'm not any of these people. He goes, no, we know who you are. He held up a piece of paper with my name on it. All the photographers took a picture and he said, go. And I'm walking the red carpet and it was just this unbelievable moment because like I said, there's 20 photographers all taking pictures and I'm trying to take this in. And yet at the same time, I'm thinking, do you people really know who I am? If, if we were back home, I'm one of the guys who would help set up the red carpet and the stanchions and the chairs and and get everything ready. 
After that, there was a reception upstairs, and I had the opportunity to meet Autumn Reeser, and she is the actress who played Julie Gibbons from, from the movie. And she was just this wonderful, down-to-earth person. We talked briefly about books and favorite authors. After that, I met Jesse Metcalf, who, of course, plays Nick in the movie, and, and he, too, was just this, this really neat guy. And we shook hands, and we just started talking like we had already known each other. I had a little time to myself before we moved on in the event, so I started walking around the Grove, and the whole place is just decorated in Christmas. There's huge trees and lights. This is in Los Angeles. All of a sudden, it just starts snowing. And it was the coolest thing in the world. I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, some people are in, in shorts and in short sleeves, and it's actually snowing. They had snow machines on the roof, and it was just a really neat experience. I don't even think we had snow back home yet at that time. We all went across the Grove to an AMC theater, and Christmas Under the Stars was on the marquee. And we all go into the theater, and they had a reserved seat for me down in the front. But I sat as far back as I possibly could because I just wanted to take all of this in. I wanted to see, you know, the heads of Hallmark as they were talking about their season of movies and as they were talking about the success of Christmas Under the Stars. I wanted to see everybody in the audience enjoying what they were watching. Before I returned to the hotel, I went out by myself and I bought this ridiculously huge steak dinner. That's when I really sat down and celebrated uh, what had happened. After I returned to the hotel, uh, I did call the representative, the Hallmark representative that I had been talking to for a month or two prior to that. And I actually broke down as I was thanking her for everything. It just, it just all hit me at once. And, and it was just one of those wonderful, overwhelming moments. The day before I had left for Los Angeles, my dad was admitted into the hospital. And for the previous couple of years, he had just been struggling with an array of health issues. So my uncle and I, we went to see him in the hospital. Now my dad, he, he was not this touchy-feely guy. He never saw the Hallmark movie. Uh, he and I were really, were kind of polar opposites in that way. But my uncle and I went to see him in the hospital, and I told him everything that had happened. We just, I went through the story two, three times. We laughed about it, and I just shared this experience with my dad, and, and I can see it in his eyes, just how happy he was to see how happy I was over this entire experience. That was the last real conversation that my dad and I had had. He died a short time later. What is so meaningful to me in that conversation that we had in his hospital room was that for a short time, for that moment, he and I came together as father and son. 
I saw the pride and the excitement in his eyes. We had struggled for years, my entire life really, to make that father-son connection. But in that moment, in, in that hospital room, sharing this experience with him, we were both able to make that connection. And if there had to be any way that my dad and I parted in this life, that's how I would want it to be. There was no, I'm sorry I wasn't this and I'm sorry I wasn't that. There was just laughter and there was enjoyment. And we just sat taking in each other's company. When I had returned to work, I was back for about a week and I received a letter from a 92-year-old woman in Florida. She didn't know my home address, so she had sent the letter to the school. In this short letter, she told me how much she enjoyed the movie and how it was beautifully acted. She had a few other things to say that were just very endearing to me. And that's when I knew that I had achieved what I set out to do. And that was to write something that touched people's lives. And in all of this, her letter is the only piece that I have framed and hanging in my office. Christmas Under the Stars was released in 2019. And it has played almost constantly since its release. And it's great because I'll get phone calls occasionally or texts from people saying, you know, hey, your movie is on. And it just, it brings a huge smile to my face if it's the middle of July or if it's the beginning of December. And I know that this is just something that I will get to relive for the rest of my life and hopefully people will enjoy for the rest of theirs. The fascinating thing about creativity is it's all around us. And I know this when I walk down the halls at school and I see these kids drawing and singing, dancing, and I can't wait to see them discovered and put on a stage or in a film or a gallery. And maybe they'll get to connect with someone close to them like I was able to do with my dad. I wrote a story about a Christmas tree lot that I intended to be a book. And even with all the rejections, I never gave up. I kept believing. Then the universe said, instead of a book, it's going to be a movie. And I know there's more to come. If this can happen for a guy like me, a maintenance worker in a high school, it can happen for anyone. And a special thanks to Robbie for the help on the production on that piece and to John Elfner for doing the interview, finding the story. John is a Chicago-area history teacher. And what a story. We have to thank Rick Dunlap, too, for sharing the ups and downs of his life. But that last meeting with his dad, his dad's in a hospital bed, 
and he'd struggled to connect with his dad for years and years. And at the end, they had this moment. His father, Rick said, was so happy to see that his son was happy. And there were no regrets in that room, just laughter and joy. What a way to leave this world, the father and son connection finally established. The story of Rick Dunlap, the story of how a book, The Christmas Tree Lot, turned into a movie, Christmas Under the Stars, here on Our American Stories. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter.